0: Hey there, K-pop listeners and old people, it's Norm here with uh, another disclaimer. So again, this episode we had a little bit of mic trouble, uh, which I have done my best to clean up, but the audio quality on this one isn't quite what I'd like it to be. Uh, This is the last episode we recorded before I realized that we had a bad mic, so it should be better from here on out. But uh, apologies for the quality, Uh, but we do talk about some good stuff on this one, so... On with the show. Hi there. My name's Norm. I'm an old person.
1: And I'm Ari, a K-pop fan.
0: And uh, this is K-pop for old people. Yeah. Where we talk about K-pop and I learn about a new K-pop group every week. Yes. New to me. Not new to Ari, because Ari knows all about K-pop and I know nothing. So, speaking of that, who are we going to be talking about today?
1: Uh, today we're going to be talking about
0: La Seraphim. yeah. Alright, well, um, before we get to La Seraphim, how's it going with you?
1: It's going pretty okay. What's new? Um, You know, been getting back into school and stuff.
0: Yeah, that's right, School started. How's that going?
1: It's going pretty okay, I guess.
0: Yeah, I know. We're still not quite into the full routine of it. It's only been like what, a week? Yeah. So pretty much. Still adjusting, but that's cool. So as is my uh usual practice, I have uh watched some videos and listened to some songs and uh since last time we talked about new jeans I've been listening to a lot of new jeans music. A lot. I mean, compared to in the past, like in the past I would take, you know, two, three, maybe four songs that I would listen to that you recommended to, but I started going down a New Jeans rabbit hole, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, because of course New Jeans is very rabbit centric. I guess. I certainly observed that. We mentioned it last time and I can definitely see the rabbit iconography coming up a lot yeah so let me start off by saying this new jeans in my opinion is an enigma uh one that I'm still processing and trying to figure out that's not a bad thing backing up I started out watching no I started out listening to songs on Spotify and then I started watching the videos of the songs that I had already listened to Mm mm-hmm And every song I listened to and every video I watched was like peeling back another layer to find some new thing revealed to me. (laughs) And I know this is weird, especially since like in the past, I've had very little reaction to some of the stuff that I've taken in. But this one really started to like, I started to find something there that I haven't observed before, and I don't know if I can even explain exactly what it is, but am I a New Jeans fan now? I might be. I don't know. Are
1: you a bunny?
0: I might be a bunny. <laughs> um,
1: I mean, I would probably consider myself to be a New Jeans fan.
0: Okay. Well, let me let me get into the details here. I'm going to try to be brief about it, but it's going to be... We're going to be talking about New Jeans for a bit, I think, before we get to La Seraphim. Uh, And that's okay, because I have things I want to talk about. Anyway, (laughs) so starting at the beginning, the first song that I listened to was ASAP.
1: One of my favorite New Jeans songs.
0: Okay, cool. That one I definitely wrote down when we talked last time, because you described it as... I think you said fairy core yeah. slash horror?
1: Yeah, like kind of grunge fairy core maybe.
0: Okay, so that was interesting. So when I listened to it without any music video, song only, it didn't really connect with me, but then I watched the video Yeah. and I could see where you were coming from with the fairy core part of things. Yeah. And there's definitely a lot of rabbit iconography going on yeah. in there. I didn't really catch the horror part of it. I was curious what you felt was, like, horror that connected. Not
1: really horror, but sort of, like, kind of spooky Yeah, so... Like, the fact that they were dancing at night with, like, these bunny people in the background. Right. Kind of spooky. There's,
0: there's something going on with New Jeans. <laughs> and this is, like... Again, I'm still figuring it out. I don't fully understand it, but I, I think I like it. Which is, like like a lot of the other girl groups we've talked about they're doing the dancing they've got the fashion they look great the songs are love songs mostly so there's like that aspect but woven through all that is this very subtle hint of like melancholy and something a little sinister
1: yeah I can understand what you mean like with the whole thing of like Either they're all dead and you're hallucinating them or one of them is still alive and they're hallucinating the rest of them. Something like that, maybe.
0: And it's not just this song. It's like all of the songs, kind of. Yeah. There's just something like, I don't know how to describe it, but they do a really good job of it. It's like
1: I think I might kind of understand what you're talking about.
0: It's the subtlety of it for me. If your group's concept was sinister, like horror or or whatever, like usually that's front and center. But with them, like it almost feels like what it feels like to be. This is going to sound weird. It feels to me like speaking as an old person, <laughs> it feels like it feels to be a young person in its depth and complexity, which is like there's. Beauty and romance and fun and also, like, sadness and difficulty and I'm still trying to figure something out. Yeah. Anyway, about the song ASAP, or ASAP, depending, it's they say it both ways.
1: Yeah. I feel like I would probably call it ASAP because there's, like, a Stacy song called ASAP, which is completely different.
0: Okay, fair <laughs> enough. The, kind of the hook is the TikTok thing. Mm-hmm if you haven't listened to the song go listen to the song like it's a repeating thing throughout the song is they're saying tick tock tick tock uh yeah. in a rhythmic way and when i was just listening to it in spotify without any visuals that just struck me as like because it's asap as soon as possible it's it's like
1: a time. time
0: metaphor um
1: and like clocks
0: and clocks and all that exactly um and also it's a rhythmic thing right yeah. it's like a metronome kind of it's in a sense reinforcing the beat of the song but then when i watched the video they spelled it like the social media like t i k t o k rather than t i c k t o c k like you would when you're talking about a clock yeah and i was curious if you think that that was a conscious choice because TikTok is where youth culture lives a lot right
1: now. When I think about the platform TikTok, mm-hmm. it doesn't really connect with the song. Because yeah. like, I always remembered it being C and not K.
0: Yeah, it didn't occur to me, the platform, until I watched the video and saw that it showed up spelled that way. And I was like, oh, are they trying to subtly again? like
1: <laughs> Promote not necessarily
0: promote tiktok but like like... connect with the culture of tiktok in a way of like because so much about tiktok is like taking little excerpts of songs and putting them in videos or whatever
1: yeah
0: maybe maybe not who knows i just thought it was curious so the next song i listened to was another acronym based song apparently (laughs) um which is eta yeah that one I found interesting, so you mentioned last time that it's basically an iPhone ad.
1: Yeah. Like, at the start of the music video, it says, shut on iPhone. Right. Whatever.
0: The song isn't singing about iPhones, but, like, the music video is definitely involving that. But the thing that I found curious, because, like, the first time that I listened to it without the music video, and I was looking at the lyrics on Spotify, but a curious thing about the difference between looking at the lyrics on Spotify and on YouTube is on Spotify they'll write out the English lyrics and then they'll put the Korean lyrics in Korean yeah they won't tra- it's not a translation it's just the Korean characters yeah which I can't read
1: I could if I wanted to
0: but I didn't know what those lyrics meant yes yeah. this is an interesting lyrical group as well I've found because they seem to be almost like 50 yeah. 50 English and Korean switching back and forth regularly. So when I listened to ETA the first time, I have, of course, understood the English lyrics, but I didn't understand any of the Korean lyrics. And then when I went back and watched the video, I realized that most of the Korean lyrics and the video itself are about an unfaithful boyfriend, Yeah, which I would not have understood at all. Because, like, it's only the Korean lyrics that seem to reference that part of it. Like, just hearing the English lyrics, it made me think that the song was just, like, it was just, like, a love song. It was just, like... Yeah.
1: uh, Like, even though in the song they just straight up say in English, boys be always lying.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's true.
1: And then there's also, like, the, honestly, between us two or something like that, he's been totally lying, which is partly in Korean, so you could only see honestly he's been always lying is probably the only part you could understand from that.
0: And then in the video, it ends with again, a very subtle, like I interpret it as an implication that some sort of revenge had taken place
1: Yeah. I against
0: mean, the boyfriend. Like what,
1: you can see the piece of fabric hanging out uh-huh. from the trunk of the car, which probably means that she shoved either the boyfriend and the girl or just the boyfriend into the trunk. Right, maybe and he was alive.
0: You never; it doesn't give you a resolution. It just lets you, you know, interpret it however you want to interpret it.
1: Because from what I remember of seeing, like the New Jeans members like reacting to the music video and whatever they were saying that like most of the parts were like her imagination of like what the worst possible thing could happen, but like we ha- we aren't really sure if the ending was what actually happened or what she thought she would do.
0: Right, and. I love that. Yeah. I love that it's open to interpretation.
1: Um, I like to think that it's what she actually did, because that makes it funny. <laughs> sure. <'cause you're-
0: laughs> yeah, but also it's it's very curious, because going back to the fact that it's also an iPhone ad, Yeah, makes it curious that Apple would be willing to <laughs> let that be associated with their brand, I guess. But-
1: yeah, because like on the thing, I'm pretty sure like when they were singing, it's like, the girls on the phone with the person the the girlfriend that they were talking to informing her on what's happening while she's driving there, I believe.
0: Hmm. So that was, that was an interesting one. I didn't super connect with either of those songs musically, but again, I liked the other stuff that's going on around it with the video and, and all that. So the next song I listened to was zero mm-hmm. and that one,
1: another ad
0: is explicitly a coke ad yeah like if i listen to eta without having watched the video or known that it was associated with iphones there's nothing in the content of the song that makes it seem like an ad the zero one they they're saying <laughs> they're straight up just coca-cola telling... all the time
1: yeah they're straight up telling you the song is about coca-cola like wouldn't you agree with me that like the chorus is kind of lazy sounding
0: oh for sure yeah and again, it's saying Coca-Cola and then something in Korean, which I didn't know until I saw the video and saw the translation was Coca-Cola is tasty, <laughs> which is like, that's not even creative for a Coke advertiser, like,
1: yeah.
0: which is again, going back to my confusion about the Enigma, which is new jeans, which is like, they're on the one hand doing like these subtle artistic things. And on the other hand, they're just straight up making a song that's a Coke advertisement, I was disappointed because, like, this was the first song that started to connect with me musically. I thought it had a good beat to it. Like, I think it had that 808 stuff going on again. And this was also the one where I started to see what you were talking about when you referred to them as being like retro and having like a Y2K vibe. Because in the video, like, there's also a conscious display of. I guess what would be considered retro technology now. It, again, as an old person, it doesn't seem like it to me cuz these are all things that I used in my lifetime, but yeah. like there's film cameras, there's vinyl records show up and the fashion and whatever and even like the beat that they're using is kind of a late 90s early 2000s dance beat, which I don't have any complaints about, but uh I guess maybe this is the point at which I talk about my own Y2K experience, which is that on New Year's Eve of 1999, what I was doing was I went to a rave with your mother. And I was never a big rave kid. Um, I grew up in a rural part of the country where that wasn't really accessible to me, but your mother grew up in an urban part of the country where she was going to raves all the time. And so when we first got together, which was in 1999, right before Y2K, well, technically in 1998, but we actually got married in 1999. The place I was at in my life was going to raves with her. So she was much into that dance music scene at that time. And It wasn't necessarily my kind of music, but I liked being with her and experiencing something that I hadn't experienced before. So, yes, at the turn of the millennium, (laughs) I was at a rave listening to dance music, which had beats very similar to a lot of the beats that we were hearing from uh, New Jeans, which is interesting. And then, of course, because I work in technology, I had to go to work very early the next morning because everyone was afraid that the world was going to end because technology was going to stop working. Turns out it wasn't such a big deal, but... Yeah. So it goes.
1: Whenever I think about, like, your marriage, I think about... Yunjin from TXT was born three days after you guys got married.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which, ironically, I hadn't thought of it, but as we're recording this today... Yeah. It is my wedding anniversary. Yeah. So, Yeah. That was a long time ago. (laughs) Anyway, getting back to Zero, because we've got a lot more Nijian songs that I need to get through. Um, One more thing that I noticed when I was listening to Zero, and maybe this has happened before, but I only just started noticing it in this song, is that they were doing cross-language rhymes. Yeah. So, like, they would rhyme words in English, and then the phrase would continue, like the musical phrase would continue into a Korean lyric, and the last word of that Korean lyric would rhyme with the English word. I don't have any examples because I can't replicate.
1: The only one that I could really think of is like in the chorus, they say Coca-Cola, mashita, or however it's pronounced, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. And then they say in the next part of the chorus, it's like, see you, we can catch it, here's your cola. And so there's like the mashita and cola kind of
0: rhymes. (laughs) But even in the verses, like, I mean, most pop music has rhyming, Lyrics, yeah, and usually it's the last word of the phrase that rhymes of each couplet. But it would be like English rhyme, English rhyme, Korean rhyme, Korean rhyme. But all four of those words would rhyme together, even though they were from different languages. I just thought that was interesting, and I noticed that yeah. it's kept happening in some of the other songs that I listened to.
1: Yeah, I was thinking like you couldn't really give me an example because you don't speak Korean.
0: No. <laughs> So, okay, moving on. Next song, Hype Boy. Yes. So I ended up listening to several songs from the recent Get Up EP. Yeah. Which was the one that you mentioned last time that has the Powerpuff Girls style cover. Yeah. And then as I was listening to them, I noticed like, oh, a lot of these songs that you mentioned are on that EP. And I ended up listening to the whole EP. Yeah. Yeah which didn't take a lot of time because there's not that many songs. And also... They're kind of short. I don't think there's any songs much longer than two and a half minutes. Yeah. Which honestly works. It works. (laughs) As I was listening to these songs, like these songs don't need to be any longer.
1: They're good. They're good songs. They're,
0: they're, They're doing exactly what they need to do and nothing more. So Hype Boy, this was a song that I started to get into the music a little bit more of. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than when I went to watch the video for it. I noticed there were, I think, at least four different versions of the video. I watched a couple of them and I think started at least one more. But I saw, like, there was one that was just them performing.
1: Yeah, there's, like, a performance video, uh, like... Choreography practice video. There's like music videos. There's occasionally like part A and part B for music videos, which I don't understand why. And then there's like, you know, lots of others.
0: Mm-hmm. Like in this particular case, there was one where it was just like them on a not on a stage, but like in a room. I don't know. Like it was a st-
1: practice room.
0: It wasn't a practice room. It was like it was a performance on a
1: Like set. Like they're on a set with like their outfits and whatever. Yeah,
0: but it's just it's just them dancing the whole time. And then there was another one which had like more of a narrative from characters perspective of a couple of people in the group, and then I think there was another version from the perspective of a different person in the group. There was one that I recall had a basketball player that they were pursuing. Yeah. As a romantic partner i think but it seemed like again for me watching it it seemed like there might have been other stuff going on there
1: yeah whenever i think of like k-pop groups where there's talking about like one guy where there's like six people talking about the same guy mm-hmm. it's kind of confusing because like couldn't they find other people for <laughs> the other members what? and like one of them gets the guy but like there's also songs like boys like you where they're all fighting for the one guy mm-hmm. which is like the main part of the song
0: Okay, so the next song that I listened to was Super Shy. Yes. Uh, I just like that song.
1: Yeah, it's a good song.
0: It has, again, a lot of these songs from this recent EP have a very late 90s, early 2000s sort of techno, trance, ambient kind of thing going on. A lot of 808s, a lot of dance beats that are very familiar to me. Yeah, yeah. I was prepared to say, okay, well, this is the one. This Super Shy is the one that is like, that's the one that I like the most of all of these. And then the next song that I had listed to listen to was the one that you mentioned, Get Up, Mm -hmm. which is both the title track of the EP as well as the song we talked about.
1: And it's less than a minute long. It's
0: 36 seconds long. Yeah
1: with the point of making a song if it's not going to be normal song length
0: well i know we talked about that before and i was prepared to think of it as just like a throwaway thing like i agreed with your logic going into it like 36 seconds why bother like it's gonna just be whatever and then i listened to it it's all in english it's basically the same four or five lines repeated twice but I don't have an explanation for why. I can't tell you.
1: Something about it connected with you.
0: It. Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I haven't listened to the actual full song, but, like, from what I can remember, it's probably one of my least favorite, I guess, but I haven't listened to it in a while, so maybe I'll re listen to it and understand what you're talking about.
0: Maybe you will, maybe you won't. I'm not saying that anybody other than me should or shouldn't like it, but for me it really worked. <laughs> and and again, I'm not sure I can articulate why it works. I think it's something about that subtle melancholy. Yeah. There's this thing that people have done where they like try to tell a whole story in one sentence or like a one paragraph novel or something like that. And this song is that to me. Again, it doesn't do any more than it needs to. Like that song happens, and then it's done, and that is everything you need from that song, everything I need from that song, Um, which is, I like, I'll be honest, I don't typically come into these necessarily thinking that I'm going to come away with anything that really connects with me, but that one, I'm still thinking about it, honestly, I'm a little shook by that song um, and by the EP in general. Cause like at that point I was like, okay, I need to listen to all of this. Yeah. And at that point I hadn't even gone to watch the videos yet. So I listened to the other two songs that were on the EP that I haven't mentioned yet, which are cool with you yeah. and new jeans, yeah. which both of those are perfectly fine songs. I will also say anybody who's listening, there's two cool with you Videos.
1: Yeah. There's like part A and part B. Right. Which happens before. It just happened before in New Jean's music videos and whatever. Don't quite understand the meaning of it
0: though. I don't understand why they do it that way, but having watched them both, because I was looking for a video for Get Up and there isn't really one.
1: Yeah. It's like at the end of part B.
0: Right. And so I was like, okay, if this is part B, I need to watch part A first for context. Yeah which I'm glad that I did because it does like part B picks up exactly where part a left off. And it's like the whole thing is like as good a short film as I've seen (laughs) in recent memory.
1: I can't quite remember what it's actually fully about.
0: And like the members of new genes appear in both, but they're,
1: it's mostly about the one person. Yeah. Like part a, from what I can remember.
0: I'm going to encourage people to go watch them both. Yeah. So I'm not going to like give the whole story, but it's the story of a possible romance, I guess, between two people. And uh, it's just really well made. It's just.
1: Yeah. The one thing that I don't really understand is about like the main person that isn't new jeans is like in the elevator scene. Like (laughs) how, what is she even human? (laughs) because like people listening to this aren't going to understand what i'm talking about right now if you want to know what i'm talking about watch the videos
0: you should watch it you should (laughs) get in touch with us and tell us what you think i to me again there's it's part of the whole enigma of new genes in which there is this undercurrent of melancholy and maybe something sinister and (laughs) when i think of pop generally and k-pop Specifically, I don't think about subtlety. You know, usually pop is like very in your face. It's bright colors. It's big hooks. It's catchy beats. And they have those. They have all that stuff. But they also have something else that's just like a little something behind the curtain that you're like, what's going on there? And they're smart in that they're subtle enough to not put it all out there. Yeah. Like they keep you wanting... To find out something more. Because there's clearly something going on that they're not telling you.
1: Like, what is the deal with the lady? Is she a human? Like, what is she? And, like, what's the deal with the boyfriend and girlfriend? Did she end up killing him? Like, why, why would you kill your boyfriend over that, though? <laughs> like, well, I can't what en- happened to them?
0: I can't endorse anything um, yeah. violent like that. Don't,
1: don't kill your boyfriends.
0: Don't kill anyone. Yeah. But everybody knows the experience. You know, everybody's had the thought, even though they would never, ever follow through on it. Like, oh, that makes me so mad that I would do something drastic. And and I think you're right in your interpretation of like, maybe that's just a fantasy. Maybe that's just in someone's mind. But still, there's something about that connects with me.
1: Like She didn't end up driving the car off the cliff. She just left it there. So, like, how did she get home as she drove all the way up to a cliff with her car?
0: Yeah. These are all good questions. And the fact that they're unanswered questions, I find really impactful. (laughs) If you do watch both of the videos, you will end up listening to the same song twice in a row.
1: Yeah. It's like the same song, but with different visuals, I guess.
0: But I think it's worth it. Yeah. Anyway... All right, well, we've been talking about New Jeans for a long time now.
1: Yeah. If Um, you want sometime, I could teach you some New Jeans choreography.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, they definitely have some serious choreography going on in all of these as well. Yeah. But I was not anticipating that I would be as affected by New Jeans as I have been, and I appreciate that you've introduced me to them because sometimes you find things that you didn't expect, and that kind of surprise is... Sometimes rare, especially.
1: I think I'm unintentionally turning you into a K-pop fan.
0: Uh, well, I don't know about that, but if that's <laughs> the way you want to feel about it, I'm not going to argue I with would, you.
1: I would start bursting on laughter if like, we're listening to music and, like, I don't know, Queen is playing and then the next song is just Get Up by New Jeans, which is completely random.
0: Uh, yeah, that would be pretty <laughs> random. But as we go, I'm slowly compiling the ones in my mind that I'll be perfectly honest some of them i probably won't ever listen to again mm. but some of these are affecting me in a way that i didn't anticipate
1: who knows maybe we'll learn the the 30 second lyrics of get up and sing that
0: i don't know that <laughs> i could do that at like at a karaoke situation because uh that song
1: does it just like not really fit your vocals
0: I, I didn't even think of it from that perspective. <laughs> I was thinking of it like just from an emotional perspective. Like, I don't know that I could take myself to that emotional place in a karaoke context and feel good about it.
1: <laughs> I could probably. I mean, I have a few I have songs that I know the lyrics to, but I would never sing them in karaoke.
0: Oh, sure. For yeah. Sure. Same. Um, okay. Anyway. Our stated goal today is to talk about Lyseraphim. Yes. So uh, let's switch gears and talk about Lyseraphim, which I know nothing about.
1: Yes. Lyseraphim, spelled L-E-S-S-E-R-A-F-I-M.
0: That's an interesting, yeah, I I have seen it before because, as I've said, I've, you know, downloaded stuff for you before, and so I saw it spelled out. It's a very curious spelling because it's not... I mean there's two s's for starters yeah uh and i don't know do you know anything about why it's spelled in that particular way
1: no not that i can remember
0: okay well let me ask you this do you know what a seraphim is no (laughs) or i guess seraphim is a plural yeah seraph would be the singular so in christian iconography there's angels right Mm -hmm. and like the short answer is that a seraph is an angel Mm. but like in christian mythology there's a hierarchy of angels there's like Mm. different kinds of angels with different rankings and different responsibilities just like you've probably heard of a cherub right no you've never heard of a cherub
1: not that i can think of
0: so generally a cherub is depicted in art as being like a fat little baby (laughs) with wings
1: I I know what it is now. Right. Just don't recognize it by the name. Sure. Because, like, just the description of fat little baby with wings.
0: (laughs) Right. Like, if you think of the typical depiction of, like, Cupid. Yeah. Cupid, of course, is a Roman god. Yeah. Which is the equivalent of the Greek god Eros. But usually in classical art, they're depicted as a fat little baby with wings. Yeah. Um, and that is cherub. The plural of cherub is cherubim. So a seraph is another kind of angel. So it'd um, be
1: seraphim.
0: Yeah, the plural of which is seraphim. So sorry I took us on that little aside, but <laughs> I I suspected maybe you hadn't heard that term before. So
1: Yeah. I remember seeing this one clip of, like, somebody taking, or, like, even, like, Lucerafim themselves taking the letters of Lucerafim Le and spelling something else. I can't remember it, because, like, their fan group is called Fearless, hmm. but that doesn't have an I, so, like... Or maybe it could be I'm Fearless, but I don't remember.
0: <laughs> hmm. You think it might be a anagram of something.
1: Maybe, because, like, why would they make a group with something that, like, has a meaning of some sort, and then, like... Saying that it's actually like a misspelled version of this, but like I think they would have been aware of like a serif and whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, when making this, I'm sure that they knew what, what they were referring to, but I mean, it's also, I mean, it's not just the double S, also, like, uh, traditionally it would be spelled with a PH instead of an F,
1: mm.
0: but, um, obviously, well, maybe it's not obvious. My assumption would be that they are thinking of the angel definition in some way, but I don't know anything about this group, so what do you think about that?
1: From what I think of Laceraphim, I can't really think of it being like a very angel-y type concept. Hmm, okay. Because like, I'm pretty sure they do have a somewhat girl crush concept.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes sense.
1: But yeah, more about Laceraphim in general. They have five members, uh, from oldest to youngest, is Sakura, Chaewon, Yunjin. and Kazuha and Unche, and the only really, uh, the foreign members are Sakura and Kazuha, who are both Japanese, and, uh, Yeon-jin, who is Korean American. Okay. The fun fact about Yunjin is not only she has, like, her own little solo career where she has, like, a pretty famous song called I Does Not Equal Doll, meaning, like, Idol. I'm not a doll. Okay. It's sort of like talking about, like, I'm my own person. I can do what I want. You mm-hmm. can't play with me like a doll. One of my favorite lines in that song is just, go idolize your idol life, because that just sounds fun. (laughs) That's a pretty good uh, wordplay there, I gotta say. And also, like, they love when I'm a mess, damsel in distress, and then Korean. (laughs) Um, But, like, the whole song is pretty good. It's, like, it's in my playlist. I like the song. She does have, like, a solo career, and, like, recently, actually, she released a song. But, like, I Does Not Equal Doll is probably the only... Uh, Yunjin uh, song I listen to because like it's just the one that I think sounds the best and also I don't know I kind of like the meaning and it's like very rare because in this song they curse a little bit and it's very rare for K-pop people to curse mm. but like it's happened before like for example in another less R F M song uh fearless I believe they say the bitch word oh okay yeah Yunjin actually um has been trained in like opera singing oh okay and so like. From what I hear in, like, her music or, like, La Seraphim's music in general, they don't really use that part of, like, her abilities. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's just, like, funny because from the music that they have, you wouldn't expect her to be trained in opera singing. Yeah. Because, like, the other members, sorry for cutting you off, but, like, the other members, uh, Kazuha is trained in ballet. And so, like, in a few moves, they use her ballet training Mm
0: -hmm.
1: for that. But they don't use, (laughs) because it has opera singing, but I don't know why they would use that for K-pop, because that's just...
0: I mean, it's a very different style. Yeah. It's it's interesting, because, like, we don't typically think about, there's a different definition of what a good singer is, depending on what type of music you're singing, because, like, usually when you're talking about somebody being a good singer, it's assumed that, like, they can do anything or whatever, but, like... Obviously, somebody who's classically trained for that style of music is going to have a different vocal quality and a different kind of delivery than you would for someone who's a pop singer. And and honestly, within pop, there's lots of different styles of vocal quality as well, which is, I guess I never really thought about that, that people don't really make those kind of distinctions that often because it's so rare for people to cross over from one to another.
1: Yeah. La Seraphim debuted on May 2nd, 2022, so they're f- fairly new. Mm-hmm. Uh, they debuted with the song Fearless, which I mentioned earlier, which is a um, pretty good song. I know the most of the choreography, at least. Like I know most of the choreography for some of the La Seraphim songs, just because like, I feel like they're fun to dance to, and they have somewhat easy, at least in my opinion, choreography. Because mm. the last time I tried to teach you K-pop choreography, you learned it <laughs> a lot slower than I would. <laughs> Yeah. But then again, there's also the thing of, like, I'm younger, so I learn better, maybe, from what I can remember of my science class, because we learned about that recently. Yeah, that's legit. That's why it's better to learn a language when you're younger.
0: Yeah, definitely. Your brain is still developing, and mine has... Uh,
1: Pretty much already developed.
0: And It's probably not going to develop anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. At at best, it's going the other direction.
1: <laughs> um, But their most recent song is Unforgiven featuring niall rogers
0: Nile rogers okay now we're talking <laughs> I'm writing that down right now
1: yeah that um is pretty popular in k-pop i don't really have much to say about it like i like most of the seraphim songs the only thing i can really think of to say about it that like popped out at the start was like you know it has catchy lyrics it has like a cool music video and like you know i know the dance to like most of the chorus, because there's, like, around three choruses, because in K-pop choreography you have, like, a pre-chorus, a chorus, Mm -hmm. which have their own choreography, which is usually the choreography that people learn the most. And then there's, like, you know, the second chorus, which pretty much has the same other than, like, a few changes in, like, the pre-chorus, maybe, Mm -hmm. which happens in um, Unforgiven. And then there's, like, the third chorus, where, like, the the choreography completely changes, pretty much. Mm. So, yeah, people usually learn the first chorus,
0: okay yeah that makes sense
1: but some people learn the whole choreography which i tried before and it didn't work because i could barely do the first move (laughs) i just kind of know choreography i don't really learn it i just have it pop into my head somehow and i have no idea how
0: i mean (laughs) if that is something that i could have i would i would have it yeah i don't think i have that but maybe you're lucky
1: yeah like the only thing really that pops out for me with the song is like the japanese version because recently they released like a japanese version of some of their songs Mm -hmm. like the singing from i believe it was chaewon sounds completely different like if you listen to the korean version and like kind of get that way of singing in your head and then you listen to the japanese version she has like a completely different voice and Mm. it's confusing me so much it's more extreme okay okay and I don't know why.
0: Is chae one of the Japanese members?
1: No, she's uh, Korean.
0: Oh, okay. But Interesting.
1: Yeah. She's actually the leader. And uh, usually, from what I can remember, the leader was originally supposed to be Sakura because she's the oldest. But I believe that she only agreed to be in the group as long as she wouldn't be the leader, which I find funny.
0: Oh, yeah. We talked about that last time. Yeah. No, I mean... I get it, though, as I said last time.
1: But there's so many priorities for a leader.
0: Yeah. So I feel obligated as an old person to take <laughs> us back a minute because you brought up Nile Rogers. Yes. And so I need to talk about Nile Rogers for a second. <laughs> Do you know who Nile Rogers is?
1: Kind of. Ish. Yeah. Okay. Like, Fair enough. I know from one of my siblings a few songs that he's been on, and so that's most likely where I know of him. Okay. But I've never I mean, really heard his name before.
0: Well, I guarantee that your mother and I have sat and talked about Nile Rogers. <laughs> I don't know if you were around at the time, but that is somebody that we definitely <laughs> have a lot of thoughts and feelings and respect for.
1: Like, what's an example for a song that I would know that uh, he was on?
0: So, okay, uh, I'm going to take us all the way back real quick, and I'll get to your question in a second. So, Nile Rogers, for people who are listening and don't know who he is either was originally in the band chic and chic is probably best known for the song le freak Mm -hmm. freak out oh
1: yeah yeah free (laughs) cow free cow
0: and uh there's a whole story behind that song too which is not appropriate for this podcast but (laughs) go look it up if you're interested but um so they were a disco band but he has been a writer slash producer on a ton of popular music since the 70s um he was a producer for madonna you know he's been a guest artist on a million people's records um the song to answer your earlier question that comes to mind first for me that you would probably know that he was on is um get lucky
1: oh yeah yeah, i know that one
0: with uh pharrell and uh the robot guys daft punk thank you so yes amazing guitarist amazing songwriter and producer if we looked up now rogers's uh discography right now i could read off probably a dozen songs that almost everybody
1: knows i bet if we looked at like a spotify list or if he has his own spotify account Unforgiven would probably be pretty high up on the list of, like, his most popular songs because it's a popular song. <laughs> yeah,
0: it it very well could be. But he's been making popular songs for yeah four decades now, so if not more. Anyway, if you're curious, go look up now. Rogers' songs that he... He's one of those guys, like, he's not necessarily a household name the way, like, you know, some of the people that he's worked with are because he is kind of more of a behind the scenes guy like he's playing guitar on tracks he's producing them he's songwriting them but if you went and looked what songs he's been involved with it's just like top 10 hit after top 10 hit after you know number one hit after whatever so
1: but yeah i remember looking up um unforgiven on youtube and seeing those things where it's like the lyrics and like who sings the lyrics and like korean romanized in english And it was like, you know, all the members, and then Nile Rodgers, but he doesn't actually say anything. Mm -hmm. So he's just there, but never actually talks.
0: Yeah. Like, he's not a singer, really. He's never been a singer. He's...
1: pretty sure I've never heard his voice, ever.
0: He's just doing everything else. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, another thing on that album that they had with uh, Unforgiven was the song... (laughs) Eve Sike and the Bluebeard's Wife. Okay. Yeah. Which must have been a nightmare to translate into Korean.
0: <laughs> that's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. They never actually say the name, so I have no idea how it's related to the song. Hmm. Because, like, they say Unforgiven, and they say Fearless, and they say all the other titles pretty much. But never Eve Syke like and the Bluebeard's Wife, because that's kind of hard to fit into a song. Because, like, especially in the chorus, how would they fit all that into a chorus without it taking up, like, the entire thing? Because you've never heard it. Nope. (laughs) I've heard it. from what I think, you could probably not fit that title in there very easily.
0: No. Almost always the name of a song is whatever the hook is, you know? Yeah. There's a small handful out there of the songs where they have... A title that's just unrelated to the lyrics. Yeah. Or not at least explicitly stated in the lyrics.
1: But like there's been a, there's lots of different versions of Eve psych and the Bluebird's wife. For example, like, you know, the remix featuring other artists and like the English version and the normal and the Japanese version and all this other stuff. And hmm. I, I could never get used to the English version. Like I've listened to it a few times, but I'm just so used to hearing the Korean that I just don't really it feels weird. Mhm. Sometimes when they make, like, Korean or Japanese versions, it doesn't really feel right to me. Yeah. So I just listen to the normal one, except for the Japanese version. I think the Japanese version of Unforgiven is better than the Korean version.
0: Cool. I think for it's sort of like for me when every now and then on Spotify you'll come across a song where... Uh, the artist has re-recorded it from the original recording cuz yeah. you know like they didn't own the master or whatever and so they have recorded it again so that they can actually profit from the streams which i totally get from a you know business perspective
1: like the whole taylor's version from taylor swift and stuff
0: yeah and whenever i come across one where it's not the original version and it starts playing and like you hear it it's the same exact song but you just hear something different about it. Like the production's a little different. And then you hear like maybe
1: like a change in the singer's voice or something. Right.
0: And you're like, this isn't right. Something's not right here. So I get that.
1: Yeah. Um, Speaking of like re-recording songs from before, uh, La Seraphim actually has an ex member who I believe got kicked out from like a bullying scandal, which happens a lot in uh kpop members uh getting kicked out because hmm. like there's a difference between leaving and getting kicked out because like if you leave there's like i don't know maybe the company wasn't treating you well or something mm-hmm. but like getting kicked out is like for a specific reason like a dating scandal or a right. bullying scandal or something like that
0: it's you're fired versus i
1: quit yeah uh their name is garam Garam. okay i don't know i don't either I mean, it's the Korean name. Sure. I believe she was kicked out for um, a bullying scandal. I don't believe I said this early, but this is a girl group. <laughs> I just didn't remember to say that.
0: Oh. Yeah. Fair but, enough.
1: Yeah. Because, like, she's been there for a bit. Like, I'm pretty sure she's only been there for, like, one song slash album, which is, like, the Fearless song. So, like, I saw one time we were playing La Seraphim in the car, and it said, like, uh, 2023 version and I'm like what? And then I heard like a s- slight difference in the voice and I'm like oh that must have been her lines because she's not in the group anymore.
0: Oh so they re-recorded it with yeah. other people taking with, her parts. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because like now if they perform those songs again they have to change it so that like somebody else gets her lines because she's not there to sing them.
0: Sure that makes sense.
1: And so uh Lesser FM is from Hybe Labels under the company Source Music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh Sakura and Chaewon are actually from, uh, their ex Is One members because Is One was a group that originally
0: mm.
1: was active and then they disbanded. So they're no longer, like, an actual group. Like, all the members have gone into different places. Like, some of them quit, uh, the K pop life, I guess. Mm-hmm. Some of them, like, you know, redebuted, like, Sakura and Chaewon. Um, and the funny, like, kind of coincidence or something, but, uh, Unche, their youngest, was a fan of uh, Is One, and so now they get to be in a K pop group with two Is One members. Oh, that's cool. Or former Is One members. But yeah. I'm pretty sure we're going to get to Is One in some other episode, so we can talk about that more later. Sure. But, like, I like most of Lestar songs. And, like, I know the choreography and stuff. There's, like. <laughs> like. With Seraphim songs, there's nothing like really special special about it that I like would rant on for hours about. (laughs) I just like their music and I think they're fun because like they're one of those groups that isn't very serious, but also is at the same time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But like, I don't know how to explain it because like, actually, I don't know how to explain it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, like I was saying earlier with my thing with New Jeans, I don't know that I understand it either. Yeah. Sometimes it just connects with you in some sort of emotional way.
1: Like any time you want, I could teach you some La seraphim, some new jeans, choreography, or it's even,
0: yeah, we'll have to see about that we'll We'll do some choreography <laughs> stuff in the future, I'm sure it's just a matter of maybe once the first uh wave of school here settles down a little
1: bit, we'll have some <laughs> more time, yeah, um, well, uh, like I said before, uh Yeonjin has like a whole completely different uh solo career and like i really like her because like she's kind of relatable and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but like another thing is like she wants as she says in her own words she wants to change the k-pop industry slash idol industry because like for example she like one time was in like a full white outfit in like a white backdrop and whatever started putting paint everywhere, like, rainbow paint, like, it's mm-hmm. all in her hair, and, like, it was for the pride community. hmm And so, like, me as a queer individual, I liked that, because mm-hmm. in K-pop, you don't really hear much about, like, uh, the queer community, mm-hmm. except for, like, I've heard of one, maybe, queer person that, like, might have been in K-pop, but I can't remember. I can't remember if they were a K-pop or a Korean pop singer. Mm-hmm. Because those are two different things. Oh, sure. Um, she would go as far to put paint in her hair just to like get the message out that like she cares for everyone. Yeah. And she's like a good person. She's funny. She's kind. She has a nice singing voice.
0: Yeah, and that makes you feel seen and heard and yeah, acknowledged. That's great.
1: Because like, seeing as the K-pop the K-pop industry is like kind of a toxic environment,
0: it certainly seems like it, it could be like sure.
1: pressures people into certain body types and stuff like that.
0: Especially when it comes to the girl groups.
1: Yeah, because they're, like, pressured to do a lot of things, and there's, like, double standards and everything.
0: Yeah, I guess I shouldn't say that necessarily because I don't really know. And I'm sure the boys in K-pop are also pressured to meet certain, you know, beauty standards and all that too. Certainly not in the same way that uh, women historically have always been
1: Yeah, like, for example, one of the double standards of, like, one male K-pop idol was reading a feminist book, and they were, like, praised for being, like, educated and stuff, but, like, I can't remember if it was, like, uh, Irene from Red Velvet, or it was some female K-pop idol who was reading a feminist book, and, you know, they started getting a bunch of hate, and Mm -hmm. I don't quite remember why.
0: Well, I don't really know anything about uh, Korean culture from the perspective of... Gender politics and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. So, and I don't want to make any assumptions, but uh, it seems like patriarchy is everywhere. You know. Yeah. And uh, so there's always going to be toxic masculinity or, um, you know, ingrained patriarchy in pretty much all cultures around the world. I'm sure. So, um, unfortunately, it's not surprising, but it is uh,
1: disappointing. Another thing k-pop is like um some of the k-pop idols specifically women get like sexualized and sexually harassed occasionally Mm -hmm. and so that's why i like g idol because they have songs that are like telling women to like speak out about that stuff specifically Mm -hmm. the song nude is like specifically about like speaking out against being sexualized Mm -hmm. and so like we'll get into g idol uh, another day Mm -hmm. uh Yunjin speaks out about stuff like that and i like listening to her music not only because i like her but also just because like some of the messages in there are pretty important Mm-hmm. for sure and it's always uh like nice to listen to a song by like a female k-pop idol talking about stuff like that
0: yeah because talking about it is how it changes
1: yeah and like usually the k-pop companies wouldn't want that to happen because like sometimes they're the reasons why this is happening
0: for sure and i'm sure also like that kind of controversy can affect the bottom line and honestly a company is a company because it's trying to make money so
1: and like another thing about like the k-pop industry being kind of toxic is like since everybody in the k-pop industry is like all perfect and whatever it's like perfect skin and perfect bodies a lot of k-pop fans or like people who are somewhat into like korean trends are like insecure and feel like they're pressured to look perfect and stuff like that Another example is G. Idol's song Queen Card is, like, feeling good in your own body. Because, like, for example, the start of the music video is Soyeon going into, like, a hospital to get plastic surgery. But then Mm. in the end, she doesn't end up doing it. Mm. She goes and has fun with some other friends and whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to be in an industry where your appearance is a big part of what you're selling. Like yeah. obviously their musical talent and their ability to dance and all of that stuff is an important part of it, but uh it would be disingenuous to suggest that their appearance isn't also part of what they're selling. And so like, even when I'm watching these videos, like I appreciate the skilled dancing that they're doing. Obviously they've been working for a long time, to be able to get to that level that they're at with their vocals, with their choreography, etc, but they're also always styled to the absolute last detail, you know, yeah, and so that's an interesting perspective to take on it because like for example, I see you dressing in ways that emulate a lot of the idols that you're a fan of, which I think is cool that you've found your style and... and...
1: I like basing my outfits off of K-pop songs. Sure.
0: And, like, it's one thing to be a person who can dress up and go out and show off your fashion, your style, whatever, but also you get to come home and put on your PJs and relax, whereas these K-pop idols, we don't see that. All we ever see is the completely styled you know perfect hair perfect makeup perfect outfit and so it it sometimes is hard to remember like oh that's just a person that's
1: a human being
0: right who also
1: has their own personality and like their own feelings and stuff except for the occasional like one group i've heard of which is all ai members (laughs) which k-pop idols were getting kind of worried about because that was pretty popular and people were like what if we just get replaced by these robots
0: I mean, that is a lot of conversation going on around that right now. Uh, But yeah, like, it's always good to remember that the thing that these people are putting forward is crafted. It's not automatic. It doesn't just happen. It's because they've put in all the work and the behind the scenes to get to that place where they're on stage or on camera. And so you don't see all the times that they failed in order to look as perfect as they do when you're actually seeing the final product.
1: Yeah. That's why I mostly like to focus on like, you know, their vocals and their dancing and all this stuff that they've like trained for maybe years. Cause like the longest trainee period that I can think of would be like Geo from twice had 10 years or it was either that or seven years. Cause I can't, remember because there's geo and bang chan from stray kids that like have pretty long mm-hmm. one of them has the 10 year and the other one has the seven years mm, okay because that's long yeah that and then is i've a... heard of like a luna member i believe that had only been a trainee for one day mm-hmm. before they debuted which seems outrageous
0: <laughs> yeah
1: because like sure i think they look nice but like it's usually or not actually really usually like they get plastic surgery or like sometimes they were born with that which is really special
0: yeah but i think for me like the thing that pop culture always tries to put forward is the idea that like they're trying to make it look easy right yeah they're trying to make being that talented or that skilled or that beautiful or whatever seem like it's just automatic and it's never automatic right yeah whether it's you know sometimes it's plastic surgery but sometimes it's like all of the training that they've done whether that's like physical training to lose weight and build muscle and you know look attractive in in that stereotypical way or or all of the vocal training or all of the practice that they put into the choreography or whatever and it's i think it's always a useful message to remind people you don't have to be perfect right away. You you always are going to be bad at something before you're good at something. And I'm sure that's true for every K-pop idol out there. Um, Like maybe the companies don't want you to think about it that way and maybe even the individuals because like it feels good to be perceived as an expert at something but you get to be an expert at something by working hard to become an expert at something
1: because like you've heard of like practice makes perfect but i'd rather say practice makes pretty good because nothing's perfect
0: that's that's absolutely true it's always good to talk about that kind of stuff yeah uh all right so i wrote down a couple of songs here from la seraphim that i'm gonna check out any other songs you can think of that i would uh maybe like
1: what do you have written down
0: well i have fearless and unforgiven And uh, I also took note about I Does Not Equal Doll, yeah, (laughs) uh, which I understand is a solo song. It's not a La Seraphim song, but um, any other stuff come to mind?
1: Uh, I definitely encourage you to listen to the Japanese version of Unforgiven and uh, also probably Anti-Fragile because that one's a good song and has a nice beat and stuff. I think you would like it, maybe.
0: Okay. All right, well, that gives me some stuff to check out. Uh, who are we going to talk about next week?
1: Uh, next week, we are going to talk about Seventeen.
0: Seventeen, okay. I, yeah. I'll learn about Seventeen. Yeah. Okay, well, earlier I know that we mentioned that we wanted to hear from people and what their thoughts were on some of the things we talked about, including, like, for example, we talked about what do you think about the end of that ETA video?
1: Like, do you think it was real life yeah. or was her imagination or something?
0: So... There's lots of ways that you can uh, reach us. Uh, We've got an email address. It's kpopforoldpeople at gmail.com. You can always go and comment on our YouTube videos as well. We read the comments there. And, uh, you know, we're eager to hear what people think and uh, be part of the conversation. If you have questions for us, maybe we can answer them in a future episode. Yeah. Don't forget to uh, give us a review on whatever podcast platform you might be listening to that might help as well mm-hmm. i guess that's it then so uh, thanks for listening and i guess we'll talk to you
1: next time